0: Welcome to another Bible Study Podcast, and I am DreamWalker1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at DreamWalker1960.com. Also, you do not need to download Podbean if you wish to listen. You can listen at Listen ListenNotes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music or Audible, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. Today we continue into our study of the book of Daniel and the dilemma it has caused throughout the centuries. Today we will look to identify the little horn of Daniel chapter 8. Daniel 8 verses 3 through 4. As I look up, I saw a ram with two long horns standing beside the river. One of the horns was longer than the other, even though it had grown later than the other one. The ram butted everything out of the way to the west, to the north, and to the south. And no one could stand against him or help his victims. He did as he pleased and became very great. This imagery reinforces the case for Medo-Persia as the next great power to follow Babylon. For the Midian Empire was first yet weak, while the Persian part came later, took control from the Midian part, and was stronger. To quote Dr. John F. Wolford once again, this prophecy is so accurate that it is embarrassing to the critic who does not want to accept a 6th century Daniel who wrote genuine prophecy. Continuing, not only are both the ram and the goat mentioned in the Old Testament as symbols of power, but Cumont has noted that different lands were assigned to the signs of the zodiac according to astronomical geography. In this view, Persia is thought of as under the zodiac sign of Ares, the ram, and Greece as sharing with Syria, the principal territory of the Seleucid monarchy. The zodiacal signs of Capricorn, the goat, the word Capricorn, is derived from the Latin Caper, a goat, and cornu, a horn. Taken as a whole, as Driver states, the verse describes the irresistible advance of the Persian army, especially in the direction of Palestine, Asia Minor, and Egypt, with particular allusion to the conquest of Cyrus and Camp So any of the state that chapter 8 has to do with the present era has not fully studied the Bible. They wish to cling to a fantasy that enables them to deny God and the true teachings of Jesus Christ. Those teachings that clearly state that we are in the end times we now live within. That those that do not conform to the obedience of the teachings of the Bible are in actuality living in sin and are not one with God. Even those that say they are with God, for they are showing themselves to be like the Pharisees. Living in their own versions of the Bible that does not resemble Jesus Christ in any way, shape, or form. Daniel, chapter 8, 5-7 While I was watching, suddenly a male goat appeared from the west, crossing the land so swiftly that he didn't even touch the ground. The goat, which had one very long horn between its eyes, headed towards the two-horned ram that I had seen standing beside the river, rushing at him in a rage. The goat charged furiously at the ram and struck him, breaking off both his horns. Now the ram was helpless, and the goat knocked him down and trampled him. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. Again, I quote from the commentary on the book of Daniel by John F. Wolfert. There is no discrepancy between history, which records a series of battles, and Daniel's representation that the Medo-Persian Empire fell. With one blow. Daniel was obviously describing the results rather than the details. The prophecy is accurate in so far as it goes, most expositors concede. Here again, the correspondence of the prophecy to the later history is so accurate that liberal critics attempt to make it history instead of prophecy. It is clear from those who really study that the leopard with the four wings and the four heads and the goat, are one and the same. This is made crystal clear in the next verse of chapter 8. The goat became very powerful but at the height of his power his large horn was broken off. In the large horns place grew four prominent horns pointing in the four directions of the earth. From one of the four generals rises a forerunner of the Antichrist, Antiochus Epiphanes, ruler of Syria from 175 B.C. to 164 B.C. He is the reason for the Maccabean Rebellion. Now, if you remember, in Part 1 of this series, I outlaid the geographical boundaries of these prophecies. Now you will see this come into play at this time. Daniel, Chapter 8, Verses 9-10 through Then, from one of the prominent horns, comes a small horn, whose power grew very great, it extended towards the south and the east and towards the glorious land of israel its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them south of syria is egypt east was medo persia or armenia as for the heavenly army it is well established within the bible that even though we live within a physical temporal domain We are instructed to pray and to give strength to the heavenly armies, which fight in the dominion of heaven. There is a spiritual battle taking place that is beyond our ability to see now. However, it is noted and mentioned in the Bible many times. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. A final word, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle you will well still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Part of wearing the armor of God is truly studying the Bible and coming to a true understanding of the teachings of Jesus Christ and his Father, God, as well as accepting the prophecies given to Daniel in the 600s and 500s BC. Now that we have established who the little horn is in chapter 8 of the book of Daniel, as well as fortified that alexander the great is the leopard and the goat we now look at the controversy of the 2300 days the 2300 days is a key element in which much debate has been taken and many take to be part of the tribulation prophecy that would be taking daniel chapter 8 entirely out of context and thus twisting the word of god to fit the desires and needs of those reading thus Causing false teachings, what needs to be understood that at the point in chapter 8, this reference is made is during the times of the little horn that rose from one of the four horns that took the place of the goat's horn, as was discussed earlier in this study. The goat's horn was Alexander the Great, as he is called. Upon his death, four of his generals took equal parts of power and And territory for the most part. From one of these generals rose the little horn. Who was pointed out was Antiochus Epiphanes, who in turn defiled the temple and placed the statue of Zeus within it as well as the sacrifice of pigs upon the altar of God. In Daniel a specific amount of time was listed which would identify how long the desolation was to occur. Daniel eight fourteen, the other replied it will take two thousand three hundred nights and mornings then the temple will be made right again two thousand three hundred evenings and mornings the wording here is extremely important and it's here that many twist the words of an angelic reply to meet their own needs wishes and desires when you understand the ways of the temple then you understand how this wording was made in such a way. This is why it is so important to study history and the very cultures involved within the Bible. The most important and the most key culture is Judaism. So understanding the ways of this people and their lifestyles, especially in their worship of God, is of the utmost import. The words evenings and mornings corresponds to the evening and morning sacrifices performed within the temple. Since the day begins, when the sun sets as the Jewish people originally followed, thus why evening is placed first. What this means is both the sacrificial sessions in one day. So in actuality, it is 1,150 days. Gleason L. Archer Jr. states this from the Expositors Bible Commentary, Volume 7, 1985. Consequently, we are to understand... Verse 14 is predicting the rededication of the temple by Judas Maccabees on 25 Chislev, or on 14 December, 164 B.C. 1,150 days before that would point to a terminus, a quo of three years, one month, and 25 days earlier, or in Tishri, 167 B.C. While the actual erection of the idolatrous altar in the temple took place in Chislev 167 or one month and 15 days later. There is no reason to suppose the Antiochus Epiphanes administration may not have abolished the offerings of the Tamid itself at that earlier date. To quote from Dr. John F. Wolford when looking at both theories of it being 2,300 days or 1,150 days, He says this, In looking at all the evidence, it appears both interpretations have the potential to fit the historical record. At this point, we simply don't have sufficient historical data to know which is correct. But in either case, this prophecy may safely be said to be having been fulfilled and does not have any other eschatological significance in the sense of anticipating a future fulfillment. It is adequately explained in the history of the Medo-Persian and Greek empires, and specifically in the activities of Antiochus Epiphanes. Simply, the use of the 2,300 days or 1,150 days is exclusively to the 160s BC, and the use of this in any commentary, modern or future context, is a violation of the word of God, and any that teach such a message should be turned away from, and the true and accurate study of the word of God should be sought after. Note, in the first part of this series, and again this week, I made mention of the statue of Zeus being placed in the Holy of Holies. In Revelation chapter 2, the glorified Jesus Christ sent a letter to Pergamum. The city was a religious center for this part of the world at this time, this letter was written in the 90s AD. The focal point of this religious center was a temple to zeus in which a statue showed zeus sitting in a throne verse 13 says this i know where you dwell where satan's throne is yet you hold fast my name and you do not deny my faith even in the days of antipas my faithful witness who was killed among you where satan dwells the implication that antiochus epiphanes placed a statue of zeus within the temple when taken in context with the above verse, shows that Zeus is Satan and shows just how the temple was desecrated. Ponder on this as we end this week's study in the book of Daniel. God bless.
1: Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, change your heart above all make a name the world remembers But all an empty world can sell his empty dreams I got lost in the lie that it was up to me To make a name the world remembers But Jesus is a young i